Go, go, Joe. Go, go, Joe. Go, go, Joe. Hello, and welcome back to the Go, 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 Joe podcast. I am one of your hosts, Avital. I'm Abigail. And we're finally at the namesake of our podcast. Go, 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 yeah. Joseph. Uh, let's just jump right into it. There's, this is a very long scene and there's so much that goes on. There's a lot going on visually. There's quite a lot going on uh, orally. <laughs> I forgot the word. Audioly. Yeah, that's probably not the word. Or just musically. Yeah. <laughs> so we begin right after... Um, the tear your heart out and stomp it on the floor number, close every door. Uh, and Joseph's all sad in his cell, and yeah. the narrator comes in with the little candle. She has to bring one in because the kids all blew their cell. Yeah, see? He's, he's, <laughs> and we need it for the, the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> um, so she brings it in, and she's like, mm, Joseph's luck was really out. Oh, man, he's so sad. Yeah. And it's like, the more he sat, the more he thought of happy times he used to know. It's like, yeah, keep rubbing it in. Why don't you? <laughs> and then... Out of nowhere, these other people who had not been here until this point yeah, just show up. Just like, hey, Dreamer. They're like prisoners, I guess. Other prisoners. Yeah. but they're, And they're all like dirty looking and they've got these rags on. Well, like like these big old blankets on. And it's... it's um, And they were not there before. And yeah, they've them, appeared from nowhere. Some of them are behind the bars. Some of them are in front of the bars. You can see it's definitely still Potiphar's house. It's definitely his dungeon yeah, yeah. because the decor is the same. Yeah, it's so all the black and white triangles yeah. but then bars in between. Yeah, yeah. It's all... You know, you gotta live for the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, and they're all just like, hey, Joseph, you're not beaten yet. And this po- at this point, the man who sings this line points at the camera and the camera zooms towards him. And there are just two things that pop into my head, which is, I poke you in the eye. <laughs> and Joseph, the 3D experience. Because <laughs> it literally looks like he's about to poke you in the face. He's about to boop your nose. Oh man, let's let them bring this out in 3D, please. Oh. Oh, I don't think my senses would be able to handle it. Can you oh, imagine yeah. this in 4DX? Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would die. I would. That would be how I die. That would. I would be deceased. Uh, and the number one question that I have at this point of the scene is, who are these people? Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> and why are they so invested in Joseph's story? Why do they care? Like, why would random prisoners in Potiphar's house care about Joseph. Now I understand it's a chorus, it's not literal it's all meh, but you're playing it literally. Yeah. It's literal there are literal prisoners in these blankets and I'm also thinking hey, why doesn't Joseph get a blankie? <laughs> and they're also like, it's another reference to this being from the Bible it's a story. We've read the book Yes. and you come out on top Yeah, and even Donnie <laughs> looks confused like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who Which are you? is valid. Yeah Also, uh We've read the book and you come out on top. There's no way Joseph is on top. Let's be real here. There's a really funny sketch in this uh, Israeli sketch show called Ayudim Baim. Baim uh, the Jews are coming. Yeah. And it's 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 in reference to the the this is the Potiphar scene. If you speak Hebrew, look up Ayudim Baim Yosef. I'm not going to give you the name of it because it is it's, it's vulgar. Uh, and then. The uh, second verse, which is nothing, yeah. she's just, the 
describing the prison. Yeah. And she says his chains were heavy, weighed him down. Yep. No no chains. No chains. Man makes you makes you angry. It's like she's not looking at him. She's like, I'm telling a story. No, no, you she does. Listening. She does. She's like looking at him, she looks at him, she's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no chains. Uh, said it already. It's like you could have either given him chains and disappeared them because like that's something that happens. Yeah. Or it's like why it's the same it's worse than the sheepskin in my opinion this is worse than his sheepskin days were gone i like worse worse in my opinion Uh, you also have then my personal as a kid stupidity so there's the wood marquee because it's a show so they're like you've been outside and you're on the marquee um, so a marquee for me was only a big tent that you have in the garden outside. So I did not know what was going on. I didn't even know that was a word when I was a kid. <laughs> right, but you had an excuse. The, yeah. English was my only language. Yeah, I just I just didn't know it. So I was like, why is there a, why is there a big tent outside? Yeah. No, no idea. It's at this moment when the prisoners come even closer and they're all surrounding uh, Joseph's actual cell um, all of the chorus are the brothers like these again are, these are the same yeah. guys because it's it's a show like it makes sense and I actually do really enjoy it because it is a far more realistic depiction of a stage show and also there is no way that if this film were made to date first of all everybody would be big stars and those big stars would not want to be in the chorus throughout the whole yeah. show as we saw in cats <laughs> So I actually do appreciate that. But then as we were watching this now, this gave me this little thought where Joseph keeps seeing people who looks like his brothers. <laughs> if we're thinking about this within the text, you just keep seeing people who look exactly like his brothers and his trauma and, keeps getting triggered. Yeah, and first the brothers throw him in the pit, then the people who look like his brothers turn on him in Potiphar's house, and now they're being nice to him. It's so confusing. It's, it's like, wow, you look exactly like my brothers when they shave. <laughs> uh, everywhere I go, I see my brothers. And they're all surrounding him and they have the blankets on and they're all dirty. And he's like touching all their hands. And I was watching this like, oh, this is a Jesus moment, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's very Jesus-y. He's just like going around touching, holding all their hands. They're all reaching out to him. I'm like, why? He's not proved himself yet. The whole point is Joseph proves himself later and we'll get excited about him. But he's not done anything yet. He's just a guy. He's yeah. just a dude who's good at, like, deciphering dreams. It's not even, like, mystical. No, no. No, no. He's not proven. True. Even though he says he's just a big self-promoter who's like, yeah, I've never got dreams wrong. That's a bit later. <laughs> now into Joseph's prison cell were flung to very frightened men. I only noticed this right now. The guards, they look like people out of a BDSM dungeon. <laughs> they have, like, these half masks and these whips and these, like, leather straps all over them. Like, why does every Angela and Weber property have to be some form of expression of his kinks? Like, and this was produced by him. I know he wasn't the director, but he produced it. He had final say over everything. I think this man has some interesting sexual tastes, and that's all right, but please stop putting it in your work. Kids shows! Yes. Like, they could have just been... Guys with, like, headdresses and, and, and loincloths. But no. Um. um, The butler looks like a bee. 
He's dressed like a bee. He looks like yeah, a bee. Yeah, okay. I've got lots to say about the butler. What's going on there? Okay, so the stripy top thing. He looks they, like a bee. Again, they, they do the thing with the baker and the butler where they dress them semi like Egyptian outfits, semi like some classic version of a butler and a baker. Mm-hmm. The problem with the butler is. They've decided he doesn't need a jacket over the top like your classic butler would. Mm-mm. Instead, he's just got okay. the stripy top that makes him look like a bee. Yep. Um, in which would be like a stripy waistcoat, a stripy vest, but it's yellow and black, which is whatever. And then he has this green loincloth with like hieroglyphics over it and fringe, fringe. at the bottom. And then the wig. <laughs> the wig. <laughs> the wig is fantastic. <laughs> What what were they going for with that? Because it's a little bit like pomaded down. I don't know. And then it all just sort of sticks out. It's like the later on in the show we also with with a lot of the Egyptian women have these like structured like triangle yeah like hair things, which makes sense with like the Egyptian women and royalty for the butler. And it's so weird. And it clashes with his very funny mustache. Yeah. And, and the his blush. Rosy cheeks. And the rosy cheeks. They both have rosy cheeks, but then the baker is more classic baker and he just has like a little skirt on. Yeah, he just looks like white, any, like yeah, white white coat thing. Any caricature hat, of a of a little chief round his neck. That you would see like on a supermarket thing. And, and fat because that's funny. Because he's a baker, he must be fat. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they have this little comedic moment, we don't think that we will ever see the light of day again, and it's very like, mm, oh boy. And, yeah, Hig- um, Biggins is doing his little West Country accent with yeah. that for reasons. Reasons. Yeah, don't for know. Definitely reasons. They rush over to Joseph and they push <laughs> the narrator out of the way very aggressively, and I just wrote, don't push my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Both men were servants of Pharaoh the king, both in the doghouse for doing their thing. What I like musically is that uh, after the line, both men were servants of Pharaoh the king, there's like this little trumpet line. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah! I love it! I love it! I love that part. One was a baker, a cook in his prime, and he gives her, it's not a donut, it's a sufganiya. Yeah. Because there's no hole in it. It's just a, it's just a Roladin Sufganiya. This thing invented Roladin Sufganiyot before they existed. And to anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, it is what we eat during Hanukkah, which is the holiday that we have around Christmas. It is a deep fried circle of dough <laughs> that we deep fry. And traditionally we have it with like a jam filling and um, powdered sugar powdered sugar, top. or sometimes it's... Uh, what's Look, it? that's the classic. Yeah. And then you might have like dolce de leche one. Is or... that what ribat chalav is? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> and you might have like a chocolate one. Don't get the chocolate ones. No. Mm-hmm. You just get the either get them empty or get the traditional jam. Or if you like dolce de leche, yeah, I can't say it either. That <laughs> ribat chalav, <laughs> then get it. Um, but then what was it about ten years ago? Yeah. There was a bakery chain here called uh, Roladin. Roladin hurts me to say it that way uh they started having these really really fancy sufganiyot oh man with like special toppings and like you could pets that you could put the amount of filling sauce that you wanted sauce. inside 
<laughs> and you could have it like any kind of like different kinds of feelings vanilla whipped cream pistachio so the they had one that was really disappointing because it said it was going to be violet and it was like purple icing and it said it was violet flavored it was not violet flavored i was so mad and so waladin kind of reinvented uh the souvenir uh and now like a lot of other places are trying to copy that Tangent over. This looks like a Holadin Sufganiya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've got you've got the butler, which again, another bit I'm mad about is they refer to him as the Jeeves of his time. Jeeves is okay. Jeeves was a search engine, um, <laughs> sure. But before that, Jeeves is a character from P.G. Woodhouse uh, Woodhouse books, um, who is like the manservant of this foppish guy who's a bit of an idiot and Jeeves is the one who's smart. It's one of those sorts of stories. I see, yes. But Jeeves wasn't a butler! <laughs> what? Why? Jeeves was a manservant. He was a valet. Oh my god, you're telling me that this joke yeah. that I never understood doesn't even make sense. Exactly. Oh my god, incredible. I'm so annoyed. Oh, that's so funny. Because I was going to ask you, like, who is Jeeves? What, like, I, I figured out, that also because I've heard the name Jeeves in reference to manservants or butlers before. I've heard that as a joke. But I never got it. And now, oh, that's amazing. That's very funny. Um, but, but Donnie does get to use the word bottle, which is funny. I like that. I really do enjoy that. Um... <laughs> So up until now, the song has been in the key of E. And when Donny Osmond starts to sing, the key changes. Now we keep switching from E minor to E major, but it's still the same key. The choruses are in minor, the, the, the verses are in major. Uh, and then when Donny Osmond starts to sing, oh no, 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 I... I Mr. Weber, you know me. I, you know I can't hit those notes. I just, it doesn't really ring well for me in my register. Can we just, can we just take, take it up? And it goes up to an F. Now, <laughs> it's just a half step. It's just a half step. But still, I get it, Donnie. You're a tenor. Deal with it or cast a different actor. <laughs> my God. Like, you know what? change the songs for his solos sure you know what i'll take it man's gotta sing well you're changing the key for everybody for everybody uh so he's singing back at them and after uh the good grace that we gave him for um close every door we're back to uh, capital a acting <laughs> donnie uh just some of the way the ways he says some of these words are just Bottle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even before bottle, we have... I'll have a go. I'll have a go. <laughs> like a child. Uh, first, the butler trembling to the floor. Maria, stop being horny. <laughs> she goes up beneath the Hi. butler's loincloth. And you can't really tell where she is for a second because it's just a close-up of her underneath his loincloth. Like putting the fringe over his her head as if she's, like, impersonating him. And it took me, like, a long time as a kid to understand where she was. <laughs> and he just, like, looks down and just, like, pushes her away under... And, like, from because where she she's is... assaulting him. <laughs> no, from where she is, 
like from as far as I can tell, proportion wise, the dick would be tickling the top of her head <laughs> if he was like you know if he's wearing a loincloth as you would just just a little tickle, and he just like pushes down the fringe and she just moans she just goes like of what he saw. through the bars yeah. of, of the cell just casually. It turns out maybe Donny is not so trapped in his prison cell. No, he's just having a bit of a moment. Yeah. Uh, and the butler is played by Alex Jennings. Who's in everything. He's in everything. He's a well-known actor and he's also a West End performer. This man can sing. <laughs> and yet, for some reason, he decides to go the Richard Attenborough route <laughs> and speak most of his lines, bar three. Like, he sang together with the baker before, but not well. Like, they were, they were neither of them sang well. And then he just walks in, and he just speaks that, and then he sings that, I gave him to Pharaoh, who drank from my cup, I tried to interpret, but I had to give up. And then later, when he comes back in the Pharaoh song, also, he will sing one line and speak everything else. Was there a contract thing? I... Of, like, I will only... I will only sing three lines. At this point, you're like, is, is someone in charge being like, no, we'll just have them say things. It, it's a choice we've made and it sounds great in our ears. And it's a choice that... For a musical that's sung through. Uh, it was a choice that Andrew Lloyd Webber kept making, also in Phantom of the Opera, yeah. in the 2004 movie where they just speak some of the lines and it doesn't make any sense. At least here it's like, fine, but... Anyways, I I, uh, I don't understand because he is a singer. So he's all sounding quite posh and butlery, oh, I guess. But I had to give up. <laughs> and then Donny Osmond does a thinking face. And he's like, oh! <laughs> and when he acts here, uh, also lots of musical theatre diction and so much teeth. A lot of teeth in his smiling. You will soon be free, my friend, so do not worry anymore. He's just happy to have some good news for somebody. But, like, he, yeah. he's doing the opposite of smizing. The smile doesn't reach his eyes. It only reaches his teeth. And you'll buttle as you did before. <laughs> you get one, Tim. You get, you get one. This is, I think, two after uh, his brother's turn a shade of green. <laughs> like, we, yeah, okay, you know what? That's cute. Um, I also would like to uh, look up, uh, this up afterwards. How tall is Donny Osmond? I assume not very. Because he looks tiny <laughs> next to these men. He's teeny tiny. I mean, yeah, he's, he's an actor. I just assume all actors are short until <laughs> proven otherwise. <laughs> That's a really interesting assumption. It's usually the other way around. Well, no, because people go on about, oh, I met this person. They were shorter than they thought they would be. Well, you know, because everybody's shorter than you thought they would be. Um, but he... Yeah, because most of the time when you see people on screen, you don't see them proportional to how well, you yeah, are. exactly. But I've heard that so many times that I've... Now in my head, you just all assume, actors are short. You assume everybody's just like 5'6". Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm very short, so I don't experience that very much. I did experience it with Darren Chris, though. Yeah, he's little. He's so tiny. <laughs> uh, so I'm just wondering, would I have the same experience if I met Donny Osmond? I would just be like, oh, 
oh, you're so tiny. <laughs> I, I will have to say, for a man in his 40s at this point, like late 30s, he his body is immaculate. Like, he has kept his body in shape in a way that isn't, like, overwhelming. It's not like, who I'm buff. Yeah, he's not, he's not he's... humping iron at the gym kind of count my reps. Yeah, he's toned. Yes. And he, he looks, and I, I will commend him on that. And I know that being in your late 30s, early 40s, your body starts doing weird things. And you know what? Good good on you. Uh, then, then we get our first of two uh, fat jokes in this film. Uh, the baker, as we mentioned before, he's fat because he's a baker. He tries to also, like, slip in through the bars, and he can't because he's fat. Ha 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 And he's like, oh no, I'm stuck, and the narrator's, like, trying to push him through. I, I do think, we've had a, we've, we've got a few fat characters in here, and they don't all get fat jokes. No, no. no Potiphar doesn't. He's just a fat cat, I guess. Yep. That's the thing going on there, but it's not played as a joke. No. No, there's only one other fat joke as far as I can remember, and that's later on with one of the brothers. Uh, so, oh no, he can't fit through the bars. What do we do? <laughs> Joseph just walks up and just opens <laughs> the prison cell He just door. opens it. And he just walks in. Yeah. And as a child, I was like, what? Just go. Just yeah, leave. All of you, go. Just, what? The door's open. There's a door right there. <laughs> um, the baker... Uh, tells about his dream. He sings it. He sings it. He sounds great. He's very jolly. Yeah. Oh, it's Biggins doing what Biggins does, which is character acting, essentially. Yes. Um, Birds over red. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure why the West Country accent. I still don't understand that choice. Just because it sounds funny. I was going to ask you if there was like, a thing I, about it. I don't know enough about him other than him being in pantomime. Um, whether he played some character at some point, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Who was a farmer. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just to diversify the accents a little bit. <laughs> to, to make, I mean, it does make him stand out. Yeah. Uh, and then we're back to Donny Osmond. Oh no. <laughs> Sad to say your dream is not the kind of dream I'd like to get. Pharaoh has it in for you. Your execution date is set. <laughs> Don't rely on all I said I saw. It's just that I've not been wrong before. <laughs> it's just that I have not. And he's like pondering this as he's saying it. Been wrong before. As the baker passes out. <laughs> but we're also like, but you've yeah. not been right yet either. Yeah, you've not proven anything. So what are you making him so upset about? And this is something that I would like to like figure out in the biblical text. like Because when they come in, they go up to him because like, oh, you can interpret our dreams. Like, I remember there being something where like in the prison in general, yeah. he got this reputation for being able to interpret dreams well. But in the musical, <laughs> that is not, that is yet to be proven, my, my sir. You can't do that. You can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm great at everything. <laughs> Um, oh god. And at this point, we zoom back out to the, uh, to the random prisoners. And they already start taking off their blankets before the music even starts, which yeah, I think is really like, funny. We gotta get ready. And we have our, um, title. We have our Go, Go, Joe. 
go, go, jump. Everyone's doing their little dancing and we're getting into a disco. And all the bars come up and all the prisoners flood in and Joseph Cell is gone and so are the baker and the, the, the butler. They've just vanished. And so this is like the 90s version of what the 70s was, I think. I... Listen, is this a fun part? Yeah. Yes. I do not understand it. I do not understand why this is happening. Why they, they chose to do it this way. Like, the song, I get it. Yeah, we need to have, like, something to lift yeah. us up after the bummer of uh, of Close Every Door. Having a pep song, <laughs> pep talk song for Joseph, I get it. Having a disco fever dream? <laughs> I don't understand. I, I I just, I don't. Every single person I've watched this film with who didn't grow up with it at this point was just like, what the hell is going on? What? And this is after the whole movie. Like, this is after, <laughs> we've already been in this, like, bullshit for, how, like, about an hour at this point, a little less. And people are like, what is going on? The outfits are ridiculous. It's, it's every cliche, but... Then there's stuff that is beyond that. Because no. you've got, like, the silly hats. The afros. afros. <laughs> you've got, like, the little mini skirts and go-go boots. You've got some guy in, like, a white version of, like, fetish gear. Yeah, that's Judah. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I, yeah, it is the guy who plays Judah. But it's just, like... It's, it just it stands out because he's a black man, and so he's wearing, like, this white strappy outfit. It's, like, a, it's a crop top and, like... Um, like chaps, but it's also it's just straps. It's it's <laughs> you for a split second you're like oh yeah that's clothes and then you look at it a little <laughs> bit closer on everybody you're like wait a minute this isn't clothes. As far as I can tell, most of the men are wearing like clothes esque things. So, There's yeah. one woman who's wearing something that is actual clothes and that's <laughs> the yellow jumpsuit and I want it. I want <laughs> it. It's it's fierce. Everybody else, they have, like, these weird, like, hoods and, like, these hoops. Yeah. It, these aren't clothes. This isn't, like, a real 70s disco party. This is a acid trip. Yeah. Amalgamate. This is what a, a, a caricature. I think there's some guy in just a vest or just, just, uh, does he have a top on at all? No, most of the men are, like. And he's supposed to look a bit hippie-ish, I think. Yeah, the, yeah. the guys who look kind of hippie-ish are, like, okay, but then you have like the fringe vest, yeah, like, yeah that's the it. sparkly fringe vest that the guy who plays Naftali is wearing. Like there's, it's it's really overwhelming because also the lights are flashing yeah. different colors and now and, like the, the floors are different different colors now. It's like a dance disco dance floor and and all the camera movements are crazy to make it feel like a party, I guess, a and, disco. And there's like just this one girl who just gives like a thumbs up. <laughs> And the, the narrator walks back in, and then from the middle of the crowd, well, everybody's singing. Uh, like, they're, they're dancing, they're all doing the thing, they have their go, 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 Joe! Their little clap session. And then there's a key change, of course. Uh, and then this random guru yeah. man shows up. He's an old guy with beard and the like John Lennon glasses and like a long white robe and 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 flower necklaces. Yeah. And I thought as a kid that this was Jacob. Same. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought I mean and then I tried to rationalize it in my head of like 
is Joseph thinking about Jacob? But it's, it's also not Richard Attenborough. I'm it's pretty sure. 100% it's, not. <laughs> pretty sure it's the actor who plays Reuben. <laughs> um, and he just shows up and he's like, you know, moving his arms like a hippie. And Maria Friedman goes up to him and she's like, she's like, comes up and he like looks over her sunglasses. She points at Joseph and Joseph's like, yeah, that's me. Like, who are you? <laughs> You're a, no one still. There's a whole scene going on. And I don't understand it. I don't Nobody understand. knows what's going on. I, I, and the, the fresh... Someone tell us. <laughs> the frustrating thing about it for me is that this feels like a reference that I'm not understanding. Yeah. This is a, this isn't just like a fun little joke. Like, I feel like there's something that I'm not getting and I don't like not understanding things. And, and it's so distinct. They focus on it while everybody's dancing and they're having this conversation with this random guru guy and he gives them some flower necklaces I thought that this was like a Beatles thing because I, at that time, had learned like how when the Beatles went to India and they had their guru right. and I thought that was it. I thought that this was the Beatles guru guy. <laughs> uh, and then they reach the end and, and Maria Friedman and Donny Osmond are doing like these ad libs of, uh, the, on the sentence ahead of your time and they sound really good. Except for Donnie at the very last one, where he just reaches ahead of my time. Like he's just, <laughs> just reaching for it. Uh, and while that's going on, the man we mentioned before, the actor who plays Judah, who's wearing this weird white strappy thing, he's right behind Maria Friedman. So whenever there's a zoom in on her, you just see his crotch. <laughs> and it's in like a cup. Like it's, it's yeah. distinct and... If there's one memory I have of the scene, it's of a zoomed-in shot of a black man's crotch in a white outfit and his thighs just going whoop, 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 whoop. Just, like, shaking his legs in and out, in and out. And then we reach the end. Ahead of your... Everybody, like, comes in and then... And then there's some zoom shots going on with the camera before you get to this on Donnie and the narrator. It's 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 a lot. Yeah, and then... All disorienting. Time! They lift up Joseph. He does peace signs in the yeah. air. Uh, and if you notice, one of the men lifting him is the actor who plays Zebulon. Because <laughs> Zebulon always does the lifts. <laughs> Every single time when there's a lift that needs to be done, it is Zebulon who does it. <laughs> And we reach the closing number of Act One, and so to 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 put a to mark that they've got um, a cut to the kids, all yeah. cheering, woo, standing ovation. They leap to their feet essentially. And I, as an audience member, I'm just left with, wow, what what's going on? Why? I'm glad they understood it. Yeah, clearly, like, and I and I also was like okay with it as a kid. I loved this part as a kid. Like, this is the opposite of these scenes that are just for the adults. Like, yeah. you don't get this if you're an adult. You don't understand why this is happening. <laughs> like, wh what? What? Ah! And we are back. This is another number that has been in existence since the inception of the show, as far as we can tell. Um, and has stayed more or less identical. Um, it's an interesting one because it's very much... It started as just a pop piece. Yeah. It wasn't, like, supposed to be riffing on anything. But because it's now so far from 
when it was originally written as just a fresh pop number, yeah, <laughs> it's it's turned into a, a homage of itself. Yeah, it's there's a weird little like Ouroboros situation going on <laughs> here. Um, in the nineteen sixty nine version, uh, there like this this like opening riff of like a bunch of notes played like in an arpeggio, um, on a harpsichord, which is an interesting sound for this. It is very slow, and there are m- multiple voices singing everything all the time in harmonies as well. Um, something that I, I find at least interesting is that the pre-chorus of like the, the Hey, dreamer, don't be so upset. At first, it just went right into the chorus. It would be like, Hey, Joseph, you're not beaten yet. Go, 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 Joseph, you know what they... Which is very, very funny when you see it performed <laughs> in the 72 version because I have to rush to get to their next <laughs> position. Um, the third verse just isn't there. There's no um, Baker or Butler. It's just a guitar solo. Okay, they hadn't figured that bit out. Okay. No, like the, the, the part, the, the, his prison, the prison walls were, re- were wet and black existed. The third verse did not. So it's just like a little piece to let you know Jesus in prison and he's sad. Yeah, it's but he's going to be the, fine. It's not the actual storyline. Yeah. Something to point out is that every single version until the film has the lyric, Go, 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 Joseph, you're doing fine. Right. Or Shalala, Joseph, you're doing fine. Whereas in the film... It's, you're still in your prime. <laughs> Which, is that a dig at Donny Osmond? I feel like it's just better rather than, yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> you're fine, dude. Get over it. Um, and there's like a little bit of ad-libbing at the end. I was like, yeah! It's, 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 it's cute. As Abigail said, this is like a just generic like 60s pop song. Like it's, and that's what Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice used to write crappy pop music yeah just that was something they did whilst they were figuring out their career i guess yeah just like generic 60s pop sounds like a discarded beach boy song yeah uh then we get the 1972 which abigail will later detail which goes on on screen because it's fabulous um here all there so there there are three men singing this song. It's the narrator, the baker, and the butler, but they they switch between being baker and butler and being um, just chorus. So they all sing it together uh, in unison. Joseph's luck was really out. This is the one version in which the Shalala Joseph is in a different ver- rhythm, mm. rather than being Shalala Joseph, it's Shalala Joseph, you're doing fine. You and your dream coat, rather than it being Shalala Joseph, you and your dream coat. Don't know why they changed it, because obviously they didn't really like it very much, so they changed it back. Uh, And in this version, we have uh, different lyrics. As I said, in the previous version, we didn't have this verse, so there wasn't any lyrics to change. Uh, Instead of, uh, now into Joseph's prison cell were flung two very frightened men, we have the lyric, now in the prison cell with Joseph were two very frightened men. I do believe that the lyric change made it better because it sits better on the rhythm. Yeah. Not now in the prison cell with Joseph were too fair. It, it's very awkward. Um, and after the uh, 
You will soon be free, old chap. <laughs> I mean, it's the British way. <laughs> it's so... Like, it makes sense for him to be singing that to the butler, but it's still very funny. Instead of my friend, which it became letter later, it's old chap. And when the baker sings, he sings, Give me the message, but keep it concise. It's a bit passive-aggressive. Yeah, it's like... Oh, Don't go on like you did before. Okay, go, <laughs> fuck you. Okay, <laughs> come on. Uh, and at the very end, um, with the ad-libbing, the narrator is just going off with his ad-libbing, he's, really risking it at the top of his range. He's like, <laughs> yeah! This is a fun song, and I'm going to have fun. He did. Um, the 1973 version, the West End, the opening notes, though, the, the arpeggio is done on a guitar. Um, and here we don't have everybody singing everything together. It starts off as just the narrator. Uh, this is very much like the 1972 version. It's just a little less chaotic. And there's a fade out at the end, which I wonder how they did that on stage. I don't think they did, which is, <laughs> is made it an interesting choice for the cast recording. Um, Gary Bond is just being Gary Bond. He's, he's sounds nice, but he's a very generic and not giving much as far as characterization. So in both of these versions, he's just kind of there. Where things start getting interesting is in the 1982 version. Here it starts off right with the singing of the narrator, just Joseph's luck was really out. Uh, and here, something that this narrator does a lot. So she opts down and instead of singing, hey dreamer, don't, she does, Hey, dreamer, don't be so upset. Well, the chorus does, hey. It, it works out fine. It just creates a weird harmony just for three notes, and then they all mm -hmm. sing in unison again anyway. Um, but, you know, I get it. I can't really fault her for trying to not destroy her voice every single night. And this is where we get more time between the pre-chorus and the chorus. So we have, you're not meeting yet. One, two, three. Go, 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 Joseph. So we don't have it right in. Good choice. <laughs> it's a bit much when you just go right from the pre-chorus into the chorus. Uh, what's interesting here is that there is no second verse. They skip right to when uh, the baker and the butler are thrown in. So we don't have a second verse or a second chorus. Is that the one with the chains? Yes. Maybe he wasn't wearing chains and they decided to get rid of that bit. God didn't stop him from putting it in the film. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and here the guitars are doing like a lot of so like wow 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 wow. It's it's interesting, um, and Joseph speaks his interpretations. It's not speak singing. It's no, no, just... he's just speaking. Like you will soon be free, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so do not worry anymore. And then the butler goes woo. <laughs> The king will let you out of here. You'll buttle as you did before. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's why the butler gets out, because he's polite. Yeah, and the baker has, like, a New York accent. <laughs> he ate every slice. Give me the message. Like, is would, like I can't do it, but... Apparently, it... the baker must have an accent. Yeah. Like, it's also in later versions, he has 
an accent and it's just unclear as to what it is. So they just decided to make him a New Yorker <laughs> for no reason. Um, and this is where we have the party. Woo! Go, 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 Joseph. Uh, we have the keychains here. There's different harmonies, though, going on, which I think are interesting. If you were, like, interested in chorus parts or whatever, I recommend listening to this version just to hear what's going on um, in the chorus, because I think it's interesting. And the chorus is in the group, the chorus, not the part of the song, the chorus. <laughs> I hate English sometimes. Um, and it ends with just, go, 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 Joe! And that's how it ends. And... Now we skip to 1991. This is the first instance in which, this is basically, like with most things, this is where the movie is mostly based off of, like, the hey, dreamer, don't be so upset. It's a solo rather than everybody singing it together. The chorus starts off mellow, like it's not immediately a party every single chorus like it was in the previous times. Still skips the second verse, though. And in this version... Uh, and in the next one, in the Canadian one, the baker and the butler sing in harmony, though we don't think that we will ever see the light of day again. Which is nice, but that it's really weird because in the, hey, Joseph, help us if you can, everything is harmony except for the word can. <laughs> they sing in unison for no reason, and it's weird because nothing else is unison. They, they sing okay. in harmony the whole way through. Um, and here we have the da 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 Good trumpets. Yes. And this is the part in which I need to um, retract a statement that I made before. I would like to personally apologize <laughs> to Donny Osmond for blaming him for this key change. I was thriving off my rage from the previous one, and I let my judgment become clouded. And now I must turn my lasers... Onto Jason Donovan. But you don't <laughs> mind doing that. Oh, no, I, I, I don't like him. I just don't like him. I'm sure he's a lovely man. Don't like him. Do not like him in this part. And he's the one who does the key change from E to F. He's the one who's responsible for this. And I cannot, like, you know, Donnie kept doing it, but it could be that that was already what was in circulation. Maybe Andrew decided, oh, I like this better anyway. I don't know, but I cannot rightfully blame Donnie. Donnie. Donald. Daddy boy. I'm sorry. Uh, another example of the butler having a weird accent. Here, he's northern. Just generically, vaguely northern. And it's the butler. It's not the baker this time. The, the baker has a really unclear, vague know. accent. I, I think maybe he was going for Geordie, but he missed. Yeah. Whereas the, the, the butler is very much uh, had to give up. <laughs> <laughs> It's also strange because he he'd been posh. Yeah. Up until this point. Because he's a butler. Because he's a butler, he has to be posh. Here, when we go into the uh, disco fever dream, as it is fully realized the same way they do it in the film, but they don't have the go, go, jump, go, go, jump. No, it just, the music builds up and then just go, 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 Joseph, you know what they say. Uh, and the ad-libs here between the narrator and Jason suck. They're really bad. <laughs> And what I really did not like is at the end, instead of everybody singing ahead of your, it's just Jason as a solo doing uh, ahead of my. Well, you wouldn't like that, would you? <laughs> it's bad. And also, <laughs> and also I have other reasons. Uh, the 1992 um, version is virtually identical to 1991. 
Um, they do have the go go go, the go go Joe. However, this I think this might be the first time this happened, like in the chrono- chronology of the development of the show. And this is when we have a head of your time. I mean, J- Joseph still sings my, but he's not alone, so it's not as weird. <laughs> it's not as, like, stupid. Um, the ad-libs are still pretty meh in, in okay. the 92 version. Uh, which brings us to the version that is relevant to us in the film. I do think that out of all of them, out of all of these versions, it's the best one. Uh, I mean, it has all three verses, which is nice, even yeah. with the unfortunate chain incident. <laughs> uh, it, the ad-libs are great, the disco breakdown is great, everything sounds really good. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's having a great time, and this is when we have, you're still in your prime. You're not, you're doing fine. <laughs> Take it away, Abigail. <laughs> so so you've got the Joseph's in, in his little prison corner. In the naughty corner. <laughs> it really is a corner at this point. I it's, know. It's, it's the corner of the bars. And he sat there, he's, he's, uh, he's sat down there cross-legged like he's, as the narrator and two other random dudes come towards him. And they're, they're dressed very, like, you know, classic hippie with like the tunic and flowy pants. The and pink I tunic think... and the, the long shaggy hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just how everyone was those days, I guess. <laughs> sure. Um, and they're, they're singing to him. Um, and then... And they're all holding microphones. Yes. They all have microphones at this point because the narrator didn't have a microphone earlier. Nope. Um... But all, all three of them have microphones and they, they sing to him and they're, they're trying to comfort him, maybe. <laughs> they're just singing at him. Yeah. Yeah, he's taking it. It's fine. Um, and then... <laughs> and when the chorus hits, they just... <laughs> so, like, it's it's all quiet. And then they, they throw themselves into the chorus because there's no break between... No. Nope. There's nothing, nothing to, to build that up. And then they're just throwing themselves around the stage a bit. They're... They might be doing the same choreography, but we can't always tell. No. Um, and they're kind of like leaning in towards him and like waving their hands a bit. It's very community theater um, choreography. Yeah. Of like forward, back, turn around, forward, back, sha la la la. And then, and then you get. They each do little bits of it, and then you've got back to the narrator and then the two other guys have come together and they've just quickly thrown on a not an outfit change just one the pink shirted guy has a baker's hat on and a baguette (laughs) is a baker and then the guy in the white tunic he's he's just got a dickie on nothing else it's 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 the tunic and then just the false shirt front with the bow tie and he's got a glass of white yeah oh glass yeah yeah but like it's just flapping, and and the white shirt guy. I don't mean to be mean. I don't mean to be rude. He looks like a slightly shriveled George Harrison. He looks like a heroin addict. <laughs> like he looks like a very old George Harrison. He looks seventy years old. Yeah. I I'm I'm sorry. I'm sure you looked fine. Maybe it's just the camera. It's the lighting. Don't it's the hair. What? Look, he looks like he's ancient. Uh, 
not not nice not nice camera work because <laughs> he's he's not old i, I at don't, all. don't believe he is but he looks it but he's not acting it it's all good he's he's doing his bit um his little shirt <laughs> <laughs> um and uh he's polite so joseph gives him a nice answer i guess <laughs> And he gives him the glass I, of wine. I do also want to point out the that when they were singing about his him being in chains, Joseph in this one actually still has his chains on. Yeah, he has a chain around his neck. He's had it since he got before he got bought by Potiphar. So yeah, it's they've stuck with that. So at least that still makes a little bit of sense. Yes, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and then you have the the baker's the baker's version. Is he doing an accent? I don't think so. No, no, he's 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 not doing an accent at all. No, he's just there. And yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then when Joseph goes, because he is rude and says, "Keep um, give me the message, but, but keep, keep it, it concise," like, um, because he's a bit rude to Joseph. I think Joseph Joseph doesn't like him. No, he was very happy to receive a glass of wine from the butler, but. He's uh he's not prepared to give a good answer to the baker. And as he's giving the answer, the baker is giving the best faces. Yes. And it's and it's it's a close up on the baker. So you you you're seeing he gets his hope up his hopes up as Joseph says, Don't rely on all I said I saw. And he gives like this half oh, you face. It's just that I've not, not been wrong before. And he does this as he grabs the baguette out of his hand and just like gestures at it. It's just that I've not been wrong before. And then he just saunters off back to his corner of the and stage. And the baker's just sad, just depressed. And then very, very quickly, the baker grabs his hat off of his head so that they can go into the final choruses of Go, 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 Joseph, you know what they say! And because we've, ha we've had the baker, we've obviously been close up on the baker, I realised the butler didn't bother taking the dickie off. <laughs> but he had the time he to! He had the time, he just didn't! The baker just needed to pull the hat off and not be the baker anymore. The butler is still the butler. And they're just like dancing and what <laughs> here the narrator and the baker are in sync and the butler isn't. <laughs> they're like doing side to sides and he's like doing something yeah. else. And then they get back into sync and then the narrator starts ad libbing and then they reach the end ahead of your time And then they do a little bow and they bow It's so cute. I love the little bow. I love. They've just done, done a little performance for Joseph, and they finished. Ta da! It, it's excellent. It's excellent. I oh my god. I I, I actually prefer this version <laughs> to the film version because at least this one makes sense. <laughs> at least this one. You know what? We know who the characters are. We know why they're singing to him. More or less, like it's the narrator who's singing it's, it to him. That makes sense. It's the narrator, and then he's got his like friends helping him, and then they're just illustrating the story a bit. Yeah. Because they've just thrown on a little, a little like prop over the. They've just got their little props to show the story. Yeah. It's not maybe really happening. It's or whatever. It's, it's fine. It's really well done, and a lot better than the disco fever dream. And With, once they got it all in sync for the stage production, it would have been great. Yeah. It's uh, I. Just just as an added little bit, not to do with this one, it's to do with the uh, illustrated book by Quentin mm. Blake, who changes a few of the words because 
why not? Instead of either um, give me a message like his would be nice or give me a message but keep it concise, <laughs> he says, give me a message. I need your advice. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I wonder really at what point of the production that was there. Yeah. Like maybe this was while they were workshop. Like maybe the, this is when they were in Edinburgh Fringe. Maybe this was the version that Quentin Blake was given for it to do his illustrations yeah. with. And it was just this random one had that on. Yeah. It's possible because this, this part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is to discover and figure out the changes over the years. In conclusion, um, Go 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 Joseph it's a good song. Like, it's fun. It's catchy. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the title number, yeah. um, more or less. It's also become, it's also become, like, another one of the homages to, uh, different yeah, something. it's become a genre piece. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is the worst one, and I do not say this lightly because you remember what happened when I when we talked about one more angel, and we have not even reached those Canaan days. But I think this is the worst one because it was unintentional. Yeah. Because this was not written as a a genre piece. This was written just as a number, and then in the nineties they just decided to make this a disco fever dream, and I don't. For the life of me, I, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, I feel like there's a piece of the puzzle missing as to why they chose to do it like that. Because even even in the music production, it's not doesn't sound distinctly like 70s. Right. It's not like they changed it to be disco other than in the go, 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 Joe. That's the only part that's like a little disco-y. But if they had fully change the arrangements to make it a disco number, that would have made more sense. But it's not. They made it more just like a generic, upbeat, <laughs> not even musical theater, just song. Visually, that's a disco fever dream. And with the guru. And yeah, we still don't understand. Someone explain it to us, please, the guru. I... So, I'm... I'm very fond of this song. Um, because it's fun and it has the little comedic moments. Um, visually, I, I kind of hate it. <laughs> I hate what goes on on screen. Both Donny Osmond's acting and the acid trip that happens at the end. Uh, but that's the end of Act One. Yeah. We made it halfway through. Woo! Ooh, we did it. Woo! background. <laughs> and next episode, we will be talking about one of my favorite numbers, because I want to sing it. <laughs> A Pharaoh story. Oh, it's so good. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.